This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Partially Excited. We got the amazing Blanca, Laws of Life, and she holds a networking college. I met her a few weeks ago, and uh, gee, Matt, this lady is a lawyer. She holds her own podcast and radio show, and wow, what this woman can't do, holy moly. You can catch her on lawsoflife.com. Hello and welcome to the show, Blanca. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I can't believe laws of life. Where did that come from? Well, you know, people ask me that question a lot, but it's sort of a combination that I consider myself a philosopher of life. I love to learn what drives people to succeed. And I'm also have 26 years as a lawyer. So I sort of put them together as the laws of life. And what are your laws of life? Oof. I have many, many different laws, many different categories. But one of them, for example, is my 24-hour rule, you know, where when somebody says or does something that upsets you, you need to wait 24 hours before responding. You never respond in that first moment of how you feel. And it's one of the most difficult laws to master because it's so tempting to say what you feel in that moment of reaction. But if you can wait, you can save a lot of relationships, especially business relationships, especially business. But it also applies in personal. That's one of my number one laws, but I have many others and I'm in the process of writing a book to summarize my biggest ones. Wow, you, you know, that's such an important law because we think like, oh yeah, I'm gonna hear the situation. I can't contact this person, that person, and it explodes right in your face, you know? Exactly, exactly. Anger is not a good tool to use in a relationship. You got to stay calm and do your best to work it through. But listen, I don't I can't always follow the rule 100%. Let me just say this. I'm not 100% compliant, but that's what I strive to be. And that's what the law is. The law has the rules, but yes, we, we strive to be it. But sometimes we have to break it, you know? 
Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Blanca, where are you from? I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What was life growing up at that time in that place? Oh, I had a very beautiful childhood. I have uh, two parents that love me very much. I, I grew up in your typical suburb with lots of grass. Lots of trees, lots of forests to run around in, lots of playgrounds. Had a lot of friends in my neighborhood, went to good schools. I was blessed. I had a very serene, very calm childhood. What did you love doing at the time, playing around? Oh, that's a great question. Well, you know what's funny is I actually love to put on shows, which I still love to do. Love to do dancing shows. I was always part of the newspaper. I always did the school announcements. Loved being on the radio, being a broadcaster, even as a kid. And what did you like broadcasting? The school announcements, you know, like uh, I would speak on the microphone in the school in the morning, like as early as second grade and be like, this is Blanca with the morning announcements. And you know, the Foxes won the soccer game or whatever it was. I loved reading out loud, and I was in a lot of poetry competitions and a lot of speech competitions through high school and college as well. A lot of orator, public speaking competitions. It shows you the, the power of what, you know, when we're so young, we love something like broadcasting and speeches and drama. It really blends into our adult life in some way. And was it like the Chicago you liked or Moulin Rouge? What did you like watching as a drama? Oh, that's a good question. Well, Greece, Olivia Newton-John was my idol. <laughs> the Sound of Music, Julie Andrews, uh, all the musicals like that. Those were my two favorite musicals. Did you get to use those musicals at any time in your life? I was in a couple of musicals in elementary school. I was. Not, nothing you would have ever heard of. But I was in a couple of musicals. I did sing on stage. I did act. But I think being a speaker, like doing speeches, was always my... I was better at that. But I, I enjoyed being on the stage. I enjoyed acting very much. It was a lot of fun. What did you like about doing speeches? That's a great question. What do I like about doing speeches? Um, hmm. I like telling stories. I like sharing. I like hosting. I like having the attention of an audience is fun and having people listen to your message. And I think when you're a speaker, it gives you a certain level that you feel respected. You feel it's empowering to be a speaker and to share information with others is a very, very fulfilling feeling. And what was your favorite speech you've ever done so far? I think so far of my entire life, my favorite speech is the one that I do on networking. I call it the art, science, and sport of networking, where I teach my audience my skills of how I've developed as a networker over the last 25 years. Wow, and I, would, I would assume as a lawyer, you kind of had to craft that skill as well in some way, in, you know, in the courtroom and out of the courtroom as well, you know? Yes, absolutely. I'm not currently practicing, but when I did practice for the 26 years, definitely I did 30 jury trials and I had to articulate my message very, very well, you know, to the jury or to the judge. And that's also very, you know, to master the facts of a case, the master the details of a situation and then deliver them is a great feeling. And then try to find a solution to the problem that exists between two parties and try to fix it is a great feeling. I say it's an adrenaline buzz, but yes, you're in that moment of, I need to get this right. This person has the responsibility of me getting them the right result they want. And that must be powerful, but yes, uh, fearful at the same time, because you don't want that to end in the wrong way at some point. 
Yeah, that's right. You have to be very balanced between the two parties for sure. Why law? Um, why law? Well, in my family, you had two choices. You could either be a doctor or a lawyer, or you were convinced to believe that you would be disowned. So I didn't like hospitals. I don't like blood. I didn't want to wear white. I liked public speaking. I liked writing. So I figured law would be the avenue I would choose. But I had I never really considered any other profession besides those two professions because that's how I was raised to pick one or the other. I would think you'd be more doctor than lawyer in some way, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, you have that. Oh, no, I'll take your blood pressure. Be careful there. And, you know, <laughs> but uh, it seemed like law preferred you better. That's how it worked out. I definitely don't like the sight of blood and um, I don't like hospitals. Yeah. And I'm not really good at math or science. So I think law was out of the two, the lesser of, of two evils. And when you made that decision, did you feel happy that I'm going to go become a, a, a lawyer in some way? I did. I, I felt very, you know, there was a lot of pride in getting into law school. And I do enjoy, I did enjoy law school very much and learning about the law. Yeah, it was, it was a very positive experience. I've always enjoyed being a student. I've always loved to study. I can study a variety of subjects and, and apply the rules and those studies. I do like the practice of law. It, it was an enjoyable experience for sure. And what did it teach you about yourself when you were studying law? Well, you know what? When I was studying law, I wasn't really conscious of my true self as I am now. I was younger. So what did studying law teach me? That, you know, you really have to take the time to learn the details and you have to break down the elements of every law. And to succeed in law school, you have to be very highly analytical and look at the law, apply the law to the facts. They actually call it IRAC issue, rule, application, and conclusion. You have to be very analytical in law school or it's difficult to succeed as an attorney. But I enjoyed it. It was, it was really good skills. It's taught me how to get to the point, how to look at a massive conglomerate of facts and, and, and really find the meaning in a situation quickly, which I call triaging the situation. And if you can triage a situation, that's a good skill to learn. So that's probably the number one thing I learned in law school, how to get to the bottom line of a scenario and figure it out quickly as best I can. You know, it's interesting, like we, we think, oh yeah, I can take skills of this and that and I won't use them. But some of the skills I hear that you've discovered is actually skills you can use in other areas outside of law. Oh yes, without a doubt. I'd say you, uh, you know how to, to enforce the law and break the law at the same time since you know the rules so well, you know? There you go. When you know the law very well, you tend to break it quite often. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lawyer for 25 years, is that right? Yes. Tell us about some of the experiences that you'd have that kind of made you become an outstanding lawyer that you are today. I know you've, you've retired now, but you, for those period of time, you probably went up the ranks of becoming successful in some way. Well, I mean, I would say I just was really, I had one client, we had a criminal case in Fort Lauderdale. We'll just call him Steve, you know, for purposes of confidentiality. Yeah. So Steve got accused of battery on a police officer and he got accused of possession of cocaine. And he swore that he had 12 neighbors that saw the police battering him and throwing the cocaine into the window of his car, that he did not commit these crimes. I said, well, if you have the testimonials of 12 neighbors, then, you know, 
we're going to have to go talk to those 12 neighbors and get statements. Well, he lived in a really, and I mean, I think it was one of the worst neighborhoods I've ever been in, to be honest. It was bad, really bad neighborhood. And we went to the neighborhood. It was a very poor neighborhood. A lot of the people in that neighborhood didn't have electricity. And a lot of the witnesses didn't have electricity. And uh, long story short, we went to the street in Hollywood, Florida. It was called Wiley Street. And I went and I interviewed all the neighbors in that neighborhood. You know, it was a little scary because, you know, one of the houses was a crack house. I mean, I was basically speaking to a crack addict. So it wasn't the most credible witness. Then there was a couple of really solid witnesses that, that said, there's no question the police were doing a raid next door. They beat the hell out of Steve and they totally nailed him with this cocaine. And then there was this young couple that were like 24 years old. They were so credible. They were college students. And they said that he was beat up by the police. And we lived in different times then. Like, you know, I mean, the thought of a police officer doing brutality, this was 20 years ago, 22 years ago, just wasn't as commonplace as it is today. But anyway, the college couple was very credible. And I said, you know what, Steve, with these two students, they're good witnesses. They'll be able to help you. And then a couple of the other witnesses also were good. But they, they didn't present very well. They didn't speak very well. And because they couldn't speak very well, they were less credible. So long story short, I brought all 10 or 11 witnesses into the courtroom in front of the jury. And each and every one of them testified that Steve had been beaten up by the police. And Steve, Steve was acquitted of all the charges of cocaine and, and battery on a police officer. He was found not guilty. It just showed that, you know, when you go into the details of a case and you put on the witnesses and you prepare the witnesses and you ask the right questions, that everybody gets, gets a fair defense. So that was a really positive experience. And Steve said, can I have the trial exhibits as a souvenir? I said, sure. <laughs> so I gave him the trial exhibits. And, uh, and then a couple of months later, the judge, the same judge called me. The judge said, Steve got arrested again for possession of cocaine and he requested you as his attorney. I said, what? It's only been three months and he's been arrested again? And the judge said, will you handle his case? And I said, no, no, this one I'm gonna decline, judge. I, I acquitted him a couple of months ago, I did my job. If he's been arrested again, he's on his own this time. <laughs> and I didn't take the, I didn't take the case, but yeah. That was a, a very interesting experience. I had to dress all the witnesses. I had to prepare them. It was a very big project. Like what made you stop becoming a lawyer? Well, I was the victim of a crime and um, my bookkeeper, Rose, stole um, about $200,000 from my trust account. So at the time, she had stolen a lot of money from the trust account. I, I replaced the money. I never stole, obviously, a penny. But unfortunately, because Rose stole the money, that resulted in the suspension of my law license for three years. Now, my husband at the time was the CFO of the law firm. I viewed her ability to steal as basically a betrayal from him as well. I divorced my husband. I divorced my law partner. I closed down my law firm. My license to practice law was taken away for three years. So I'll get it back in another year. It was a highly traumatic experience that I went through because I certainly didn't deserve it. I think I could have been treated in a more fair way because I basically did everything that I could. 
I did return the money that was stolen by Rose. They insisted on a suspension. And so I woke up and I had to decide what am I going to do with my life? I can't practice law now. What do I truly want to do with my life? And I decided to become a talk show host and create my own digital marketing agency. And that's when I gave birth to the Laws of Life company. That must have been hard. It was, was very hard. But you know what? It also gave me the courage to look outside those two boxes that I had been raised in, where my parents always said, doctor, lawyer. For the first time, I was actually able to think, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Who do I want to become? What is my purpose? What is my greatest talent? And I decided that I am a public speaker. I am a motivator. I am an interviewer. I am a marketer. So I decided to become a talk show host and create a webcast network marketing agency specializing in the production of webcasts, podcasts, live streams, and networking events. Wow, that must have been liberation when you made that decision. Yes, it was. Because when you have a map, when, you're, when you have a purpose in life, the map of the journey becomes immediately self-evident. And when that becomes liberation, you feel like I'm on the way, I'm grabbing my hat and my shoes and I'm going off and the journey is just beginning. But in that journey, it's realizing, wow, this is freedom. That's right. Yeah, the literal lines on the map pointing and which way to go magically appear on your parchment map. And you just know where to go. You don't even look. All the answers come to you when you're on the right purpose. Yeah, it's it's amazing how we question what we want to do, but yet we have that map and that certainty. We don't care, you know? That's right. Tell us why you chose the name Laws of Life. Well, because it was sort of a combination of my past legal experience and my fascination with the rules of life and the philosophies of life that we adopt. And so I put those two worlds together. And so my number one famous question that I ask all my guests is, what is your number one law of life? And that's how I open my networking events. And that's how I close every interview with that question. So it sort of became part of my brand identity. What is your law of life? What is your number one philosophy of life that drives you to succeed and to create every single day? When you were a lawyer and kind of going through school and everything, were you big into philosophy? I was as an undergraduate. I I took a lot of philosophy classes and my father is a big reader of philosophy. And he was always quoting Aristotle's when I grew up and he was always quoting Montesquieu and he was always quoting, you know, Socrates. And so I guess he influenced me to be a lover of philosophy. It's a beautiful gift to bring from your father, you know? Yes. And my dad's still with us. He's 88 years old and he's a doctor and a lawyer. He did both. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. One day you might want to interview him. He's a pretty interesting man. Like who are your favorite philosophers? I would say probably Socrates, just because that's the one my dad always talked about. But Aristotle's number one law that we talked about my whole childhood was the golden mean, which is everything in balance. Everything to an extreme is bad. So you want to keep things in balance. So if you have too much sugar, that's going to lead to obesity. If you have too much of anything is not a good thing. And you have to balance the different categories. If you work too much, your personal life suffers. If you play too much, your business life suffers. 
I think that's probably the most important law of life of all of them is balance. Yeah, it is. Moderation is the best way to go. And if you swing the pendulum left or right, you're snookered each way. <laughs> exactly. And and have you found balance? You know, I think I found I think I have found balance because I work very hard during the week. But I've also learned that, you know, at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, it's time to turn off. And after working 11, 12 hours a day, that's enough. And on the weekends, I try to rest and recharge my batteries and play pickleball, play tennis, exercise every day. Exercise is huge. So I would say I'm probably in the most balanced state that I've ever been in my entire life right now. Jeannie, you play tennis. I must come over and play tennis when I'm over. Jeannie, why is a great game? Do you like playing it? Well, I love tennis, but I really love pickleball. Have you ever heard of that? No, what is it? It's a lot like tennis, but it, it, you play it with a wiffle ball and a smaller racket, and it's really fun. Anybody can play it. It's much easier than tennis, and it's a lot of fun. I'll send you some videos of me playing pickleball. But if you Google pickleball, you can, you can check it out. Wow, when did you discover it? Ah, huh, good question. I started about four months ago. My fiance, David, taught me how to play. Now I love it. What a great workout. What a great workout. So fun. Is it faster and harder than tennis or the same speed as a tennis we played at? I think it's a little more fast paced than tennis. It's a shorter game. It only You play till 11 and it's best played in doubles, although you can play it in singles. And it goes quick and you play a couple of matches and you're and you feel great. Yeah, that's 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 the best feeling. Feeling great. It's like I'm on top of the world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, probably someone that has people feel on top of the world with their brand and marketing, I'd say in order for you to feel great as well is a bonus in some way to help your clients feel great. Absolutely. I love to inspire my clients and give them ideas on how to elevate their brand. I also use my brand as a prop to help them build their audience and I'll let them stream to my social media audience. I try to elevate them as much as I can and, and give them ideas and make them realize that they have their own laws, their own corner of expertise in whatever they do. So the laws of life is a great brand because it applies to any any of my customers. So like one of my customers is the laws of epic beauty in Virginia. So she started a show called The Laws of Epic Beauty and Coach Rochelle is a life coach. She did a show The Laws of Love. She's been my life coach. She's helped me a lot to go through a lot of the difficult experiences that I've overcome. I had the laws of health with a weight loss coach, Beth May Rob. She helped me lose 40 pounds last year. We've done the laws of amazing kids where we did showcases of kids singing and singing competitions. We continue to do the laws of business, the laws of marketing, the laws of meditation and motivation, the laws of physical health with Dr. Lipman, a chiropractor, the laws of my legal advocate, one of my law firm clients. So all my clients name their shows sort of in the laws of life collection so that we're all elevating together to uh, create brand recognition together and to empower one another. I love it. Where did the idea come to collaborating to have these collections of life laws of something, you know? Well, I definitely um, started the laws of life and then, and then when I met Coach Rochelle, I said, why don't we do the laws of love? And then we started doing all these other laws of shows and we realized, wow, it's catchier because then everybody knows immediately 
what the show is about and what it's going to cover in the show, what expertise will be revealed in the show. And uh, it's sort of stuck and everybody seems to really like it. As someone that was a lawyer and how did, like you said you you were new marketing, but did you have to go learn more marketing or do you have the skill set to, to bring that out? Well, I was always a networker, always big on networking, but I had to definitely the whole year of 2020 and half of 19, I had to do a tremendous amount of self-education. And I studied for probably five to six hours from like five in the morning until 10 in the morning every day. I taught myself social media, live streaming, Zoom engineering. Um, Every single day was a new skill I had to learn. It's a lot of skills to learn in the digital marketing space. So yes, it was a, I self-educated through YouTube videos and taught myself pretty much everything I know today. You can be lost without YouTube, you know that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so grateful to YouTube and all the content creators. It, sa- it really saved my life. YouTube saved my life. It saves mine every day as well. I'm like, I need another <laughs> thing. Like, There's your answer. <laughs> That's why, you know what my number one law of life is? Life is an open book test. Everything, all the answers are out there on the internet. You just have to find them. Yeah, and, and same in the, you know, in the physical realm, you know, someone always has an answer. You just got to be prepared to ask the question because the answer is two, two feet in front of you. Exactly, right. And what other skills did you learn in creating your digital marketing business? Wow, I learned how to do Linktree, you know, creating the social media profiles, all the intricacies of Instagram from stories to IG Reels, TikTok, LinkedIn navigation. I would say I spent a lot of time on Zoom engineering, how to break into breakout rooms, how to transcribe the webcasts, and then of course streaming software, how to stream my shows to all of the social media channels, how to then transcribe the shows and turn them into blogs, how to build websites, you know, how to shorten links, how to, oh my gosh, so much, Aaron, so much every single day. And then of course, you know, watching motivational videos. And, oh, I learned video editing and finding my favorite editing software, finding my favorite calendaring software, my favorite cloud storage. I mean, literally it was one thing after another, it did not end. It was an endless, endless train of self-education. That probably still continues because everything you're yes. today. There's so much to learn. So now I'm in the process of creating some courses to help teach others what I learned in the last year and a half in an easier, simpler way than I did. Yeah, it, it's interesting how, you know, if you're still a lawyer, you wouldn't be able to you know, meet people like me and learn things that you learned over these last maybe two or three years. True. Sometimes we think, oh, I regret that to happen, but sometimes in that regret, there's a lesson to be taught. I would never be on this exciting journey that I'm on now if what hadn't happened to me hadn't happened. I would still be doing something else. And so I think when a door closes, another one opens and you have to look at a closed door as a welcomed opportunity. Seriously, I know it's hard, but everything happens for a reason and you have to go down the road, you know, that you can. One door opens, another door closes. Life's always a swinging door. There's got to be a reason to everything that happens. Just have to figure out what it is. What do you like about networking? Well, networking I really love because it's definitely community empowerment and um, figuring out what everybody does and doing that in an organized way and then figuring out how we can refer business to one another. It's like this massive jigsaw puzzle. But everybody has to be focused on the puzzle for networking to truly work. 
A lot of people are in a rush. A lot of people don't want to take the time to truly listen to what other people do for a living. Sometimes the reason is they're too busy. Sometimes the reason is they don't understand what the person does because their pitch isn't clear. The networking that I'm really striving to create is where we really learn what the other does so that we can empower one another and exchange valuable referrals and help all of us prosper. I want everybody to make money. I want everybody to succeed. And I truly feel that we all need each other to do that. So networking isn't just something I go to. It's like, for me, it's actually a movement of community empowerment. And I'm very passionate about networking. And it has to be done at a very elevated, organized way. And if people believe in its power more, we could achieve even greater things together. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's funny, when, when I saw your invitation to join your, your network there on Tuesday, I thought, oh, great, it'll just be a one minute there. And I came on and the picture was like, oh, this is different. I, I kind of like this. <laughs> and, uh, let's see where this goes. And, I, and she thought, oh yeah, it'll just be a one minute pitch. Everyone say it and that'll be done and connections. But um, what I like about your networks, it, it's fun. You know, like you learn way more when you're having fun than it's the, the boring old network that a lot of networks are. I'm not saying each network is boring, but right. the, same, the same old system of pitch yourself for a minute, listen to others, drop your links in and there you go, you know. I agree. I'm trying to keep it fresh with our pitch competition, which you won uh, last week. And that's actually what brought our friendship together because then I got to interview you. And yeah, I'm trying to make it fun. I'm also trying to have sub rooms for real estate, meditation, relationships, nonprofits and health. And so that people can act almost like a clubhouse on camera, where within my networking, people can then go into the sub niche of what they want to go into. So like if you feel like talking about relationships with Coach Rochelle and the second breakout, you can go into that room. Which which niche did you pick, by the way? I can't remember. I picked the health. You picked the health. How, how was the health room, by the way? It was pretty good. I learned a lot. Like I said, your whole network was fun. Like, like I was in the middle of cooking dinner afterwards. I just kept staying on because it was just it was a, something I've never seen before. It was just fun and get to meet people. But it wasn't, yeah, it was about your business, but it was a way where let's just have fun. You know, your business is the second hand, but having fun is the first hand, if that made sense. Absolutely. And that's how it should be. Fun first, trust first, business later. And if you go like that, then, you rem- then you'll remember people. But if you feel like it's so mechanical, business, 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 nobody remembers anybody. But if we can actually have some fun together, then that's where the friendships really grow and that's where relationships develop and then the business comes later. Yeah, I, I think when you're in fun, that like no trust system clicks in way quicker than you're robotic. Well, I'm really glad and honored that you enjoyed the experience and I hope you come back. Definitely. Um, And everything that you've learned so far, is there another scale or level you want to go to or are you just happily trotting along on your journey? Well, I definitely want to go big. I mean, I, um, I did acquire my own Roku channel for Laws of Life. So the Roku is in 40 million households. And so I want to take all the shows that we're creating and put the best of the best on the Roku. I also want to be creating digital courses at an international level and selling those to universities worldwide. And I want to become an internationally known talk show host and interview extraordinary people throughout the world. So I have a lot of dreams to keep on weaving for sure. We're only just got started. What do you like about the talk show? 
I love getting to know people. I love interviewing them. I love getting to know them. And I love extricating their laws of life from their life experience to guide others to live a better life. And I think conversations with people are, are the heart of our life. Nothing's more important. Were you in love with the radio growing up or was it something that was in your household all the time? Uh, the radio, not so much as the TV. You know, I've always been more of a TV person than a radio person. But I always was fascinated with the TV, movies, entertainment, and how things were edited and how things looked and why they made my, my eyes and my heart sparkle when I watched them. So that's why I really wanted to learn video editing myself so I could see what was really necessary to edit a show. I mean, I can do it now, but it's, it's a very time-consuming process, video editing. Every client that we work with, a lot of our clients, we assign a graphic designer, video editor, and communication assistant do to build their brand. Because you need to have good video to build your brand. It's very important. And kind of having your own talk show, do you kind of figure out, like, I have the power to figure out people's stories and eventually get their, their word, their power out to the world in some way? Oh, I don't know if if those were the words that came to mind. But uh, I think I like shining a light on other people and learning about their experiences, them using their experience to teach others their laws of life and inspiring the audience. And I love interviewing. I love being interviewed too. Any type of conversation is always welcome. You know, you have this uh, creating fire into people. Where the idea and concept come from? Oh, the fire? Yeah. Well, the fired up idea one of my brands fired up. That was a radio show that I did for 97.9 FM on the True Oldies radio station in South Florida. I wanted to be a talk show host on their radio station. I was trying to figure out a way, you know, what do I really want my audience to be? I want my audience to be excited. I want my audience to be fired up. So that is what I named my radio show, Fired Up with Blanca. And again, to ignite and to inspire people through the interviews of people that had been to hell and back, just like me. Sometimes when you hear the story of someone's pain, how they got out of it, and if it can just change one life, if it can just inspire one person to know that they can go on and survive too from the painful past and they can do it too, then, then it's all worth it. So my profile picture on Clubhouse is me in a red suit with fire coming out of my hands. That was in honor of the Fired Up Radio show. And now that turned into my signature color being red. So I do wear a lot. I always have some form of red. Red red is my favorite color now because I want to fire you up, you know? I love that. You, you know, I was wondering why red. And I understand now it would fire up. That's the best way to be. Yep. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, you're, when you're fired up and you look someone in the eyes you can see they're inspired and they're passionate and that's kind of what we need in life you know definitely and Blanca who inspires you to do what you do I would say a number of people my dad has definitely been a huge influence and my mother my dad was a very nice influence he's still with us my mom was very much of a firecracker like she's not with us anymore but she was whoa she was on fire she was whoo hot when she had so much passion so she definitely inspired me my kids inspire me my fiance david believes in me so much and he's helped me achieve and my friends really I think the number one thing though is the connections that I've made, the friendships that I've built. 
Um, you know, we have an advisory board on the laws of life, and that advisory board consists of 15 people that helped me in 2020 to build the laws of life brand. And all those people are on my website. And if you go and you research each of those people on the advisory board, those friendships are the people that believed in me and supported me and the laws of life. Those friendships are what keeps me going every day to honor those friendships, to elevate them, to promote them, to inspire them and connect with them. So I've made some pretty spectacularly special relationships through my laws of life journey. And that's what inspires me a lot as well. If there was one piece of advice that you could give to anyone, what would it be? Probably listen, listen to your heart. I learned that from Coach Rochelle, my life coach, and that's really the number one thing. When you hear those little messages, listen to your gut instincts. Go with your gut because probably what you need to do. Follow the roadmap of what your heart tells you. Listen to your heart, not your mind. Yeah, we seem to think about our mind like it's this, it's that, it's that, but when you well I'm discovering this year and last year it's more about our heart our hearts is the brain and you know when we step out of our hearts it's we get all this chaos but when we step back in it's like oh wow I don't know if you've experienced that yourself absolutely I think we know what our heart's telling us just sometimes we're a little too scared to listen yeah definitely you know scared is part of a human experience but yet when we step out of our comfort zone, it's like, wow, we, and it's like a roller coaster. You're like, I don't want to go up. And then when you shoot down and you're finished, like, that was fun. You probably get something you experience yourself, not in the roller coaster, but in life in some way. Exactly. Hit the nail on the head. Blanca, if there was one thing that, sh- that people could learn or one mistake you wish you could change in creating what you've done so far, what would it be? Well, I can tell you that the number one thing is, and um, I'm gonna, Grant Cardone says this a lot, and I'm gonna quote him because I'm a big fan of him, but you gotta fix your money. You've got to know every single detail of your business. And that was the mistake that led to me having to change my entire life was that I over-delegated the money to my ex-husband, to the bookkeeper, I thought it was enough that I brought in millions of dollars of business, quite candidly, but it wasn't. I thought that was enough. It's not. You have to know your books. You have to have a bookkeeper. You have to know every penny you spend for personal versus business. You have to trust. You have to keep a very close eye on your account as a business owner. That would be my number one piece of advice is you have to take ownership of everything. And not only the money, the management of your team, the training of your team, the development of your team, the relationships with your clients. The business is a very serious business. So if you're gonna be in business, make it a serious business and own every piece of it. You can have people helping you, but never ever stop getting reports on every division of your business as you grow and hold on to all of it in your arms like it's your baby. Every department of your business is a baby and you gotta love each baby and watch each baby because if you don't watch, someone will take your baby and it could hurt your business. And you don't want that to happen. So you have to take full 100% ownership. That is so empowering. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there in what you described because what we, do, what we create is our baby in some way. Yes, it is. A business is a baby that never grows up. I actually just blogged about that last week in my magazine. You have to feed it that baby every day. The baby never grows up though. It constantly needs love and attention. Blanca, if you had a superpower, what would it be? I'd probably say remembering people's names and what they do. 
just have a good memory for people and what they do and the ability to connect the dots and put people together. Fantastic. Blanca, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? You can visit www.lawsoflife.shop. Blanca, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Aaron, thank you. And your story personally inspired me, and I was so honored to interview you. And I'm so glad that we've become friends. And thank you for having me on your show. I'm very honored and appreciate it so much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.